0: My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this Victory
1: Friday? Victory Friday, James. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. Just got done watching the game again a little bit ago. Had to work last night during the game, so that was sad, but I got to watch it all again thanks to you know the recording ability and rewatchability from Amazon Prime uh not having cable or anything like that so that was enjoyable for me to go back and kind of look at all that they also have really cool next gen stats on the app when you're watching the game which is really cool and interesting you can kind of look at the routes and stuff but anyways james how are you doing my friend doing all
0: right i'm doing all right man good um a lot better than cole holcomb so uh yeah (laughs) yeah, we'll get into that though some inactives going into this week's game um we had some usual suspects and some changes Uh, Mason Rudolph on the inactive list as the third quarterback. He was in uniform. He was able to play. It just counts on the inactive list. You're allowed to do that this year. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick with that hamstring. Dylan Cook, the backup offensive tackle. Uh, Armon Watts and Braden Fajoko also. So the only out of the ordinary one, Minka, and that's just because that hamstring looked pretty significant in the injury last week
1: yep and again happy he's not on the ir list right now that's kind of promising but again hamstring injuries as we've already seen with pat frymouth can be re-aggravated very easily so hoping he gets the proper uh physical therapy and stuff to get that going up and Mm -hmm. right again uh before we go into the game recap wait go ahead
0: wasn't deontay a
1: hamstring also yep deontay was also a hamstring
0: So this is the classic point in case here of what Cody's talking about. When handled properly, given enough time to fully recover, you can have the performance that you get from Deontay Johnson the last couple of weeks uh, upon recovery. Uh, so let's hope for that. If they rush him back too early, then you have, might have a setback like they did with Friar Muth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we go t- into the game recap for this game, again on Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime TV, uh reminder that we will be doing a show on Wednesday night next week. We aren't going to have a Monday night show due to the fact that this is our recap, our game recap show. Uh, the next show will be next Friday, the next podcast, excuse me. And then we have our live show again on Wednesday night at 7 PM on pro sports fans app PSF. You can download it on any of your mobile devices. Go ahead, download it, join the Steelers community. Uh, and we will see you there on Wednesday night. Come join. We're, we'll be live, having fun talking about Steelers football. So, Excited for that. But let's dive into this game, James. Um, Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. I said Pittsburgh Titans. Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tennessee hasn't won a road game. And thankfully, they didn't start today or last night, I should say. (laughs) Um, So that's a plus. I thought that the game went better than I assumed it was going to go. I thought it was going to be, again, one of those games where we got just demolished in the first half and like held to no points we actually put points up on the board on the first drive which was impressive we scored on all four or in all four quarters and there's a lot of things that i think we could credit to that one being matt canada wasn't in the booth for this game he was actually down on the field what kind of benefit do we think that that has for the players
0: uh so it's a lot different um Each team does things differently, but the advantage typically of an offensive coordinator being in the box is that he can see what the defense does at the same time of the play call that he puts out there. Uh, So he's got a better idea of what went right, what went wrong on individual plays because he can see the entire field from upstairs. The drawback to that is that the only line of communication he has other than the other coaches through the headsets that he's wearing is the quarterback. So Kenny Pickett's talking to him after every drive. Uh, but you're not getting any communication with anyone else. Now, down on the sideline, any player can come off the field and say, hey, I can block this guy 20 yards downfield. Like, I can drive him into the ground, run behind me when you really need a yard. Uh, this receiver can say, hey, this guy can't cover me. It, every time I put this move on him, he bites on it. Uh, so I can beat him on this player, whatever. Uh they can give this immediate feedback to Matt Canada to help him get calls out there that are going to be more likely to succeed than other calls. They still have to execute, but I think it helps with the play calling because the scenario seems to be that with all the feedback that we're getting from Matt Canada, from the players, even from Mike Tomlin, there's a lot of communication going on since the bye week on what plays that certain players like specifically on the offensive side of things. The line of communication is very open between Matt Canada and the offensive players right now. And I don't know if it's just because he's that humble and understands that things aren't going well and he really needs to take their input or if he's scared to lose his job and he's doing it. Uh, But either way, I'll take it because the line of communication is open and the results are better because of it.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I think I, it, it caught me off guard when I was watching the game, and I was like, holy crap, like, he's on the field. Uh, and, and I got to see him interact with, you know, players and everything, and he gets to go around and talk to and, – and, I mean, Kenny Pickett even was interviewed after the game and spoke about how, you know, it was nice because Matt Canada could go around and talk to all the specific groups and units, like offensive linemen, the skill group positions, tight end room. Like, he could talk to those specific people, coaches, everything. Uh, again, getting more interaction with the team, and I think that – we might be seeing something here. I I have a, I think there's a high probability of seeing him down the sideline again for the next game. uh, Oh, absolutely. At at least as while It's working while it appears to be working. Mm -hmm. So um, it's fun. I did get to do a little bit of a deep dive into this game since I got to rewatch it. I can talk about some of the interesting stats that I found afterwards, but to start off, James, this was probably the most balanced I've ever seen Pittsburgh play this year um, by far. And when I say balanced, we passed the ball 30 times. We ran the ball technically 30 times. You know, Kenny Pickett taking a knee at the end of the game is the 30. It counts as a rush attempt. So he had 30 attempts passing. They had 30 carries. Passing yards were 160. Rushing yards were 166. Talk about a... That's that's, that's. I'd like to see higher numbers in both categories still, specifically the passing yards especially, but... This was the most rushing yards Pittsburgh's had as a team all year. Uh, I'm just drastically impressed with how well they were balanced. And Jalen Warren showed up and showed off consistently, averaging eight yards per carry. Crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, fantastic game from the rushing unit. Uh, And I felt like the passing game showed some signs of life. Uh, Just... Wonderful what we saw on the first drive, a sustained drive that went all the way down the field for a touchdown. Five first downs on that first drive. Five of them multiple times converting on third down, uh, which I think you have some numbers probably on the the third down conversion rate Mm -hmm. being better than it was uh, in previous weeks for sure. They just, it seemed like they knew what to call, when to call it. Things were working. People were blocking like they were supposed to. Guys were catching the ball. They were running their routes, right? Like everything worked the way it was supposed to on that first drive. And you didn't need to get any 20 or 30-yard plays. Just everybody do their job. Get your five to seven yards on every play and keep on moving the chains, man.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see. I haven't actually done these, put these numbers together yet. Um, but I'm going to do it right now. Third down specifically. Um, whoops. Yeah, there we go. Uh, we converted 83% of the time. Wow. 83%.
0: That's incredible, man.
1: That's really good. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, that number is accurate. Let me just double check here. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, because we never faced a third and goal. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Eighty three percent. I'm curious what Pittsburgh's uh, numbers are in the uh, for, uh, like for um, the season compared to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm very curious. I'm also double checking that third down efficiency.
0: Yeah, because the Steelers' site has them at six
1: out of, out of 12, twelve opportunities. Yeah, first downs. I'm double checking this real quick, but let's keep talking. Oh, I uh, looked the at Titans, the numbers. In
0: comparison, we're only three out of thirteen. Yeah. Uh the, so a 50% conversion rate versus what was like a 20% conversion rate is a drastic difference uh in yep. advantage Pittsburgh the whole way there. I had
1: the I had the wrong numbers highlighted. It is 50%, but still, um on the year, I'm curious to I bet I bet that's higher than where Pittsburgh is at as a as a team right now.
0: No, guaranteed. I know they're not at 50% on third down. They were probably like 30% on third down.
1: I'm looking at just
0: have not been able to convert. I wouldn't even be surprised if it's in the twenties on the season, Uh, but nice to see Kenny with a good balanced game. Uh, Also, I never saw him once grab his ribs and he took some shots. He even had Mm -hmm. some guys land on him intentionally, which I figured Jeffrey Simmons would do that. That was not a surprise to see him do that. That's that's who Jeffrey Simmons is right now. Hopefully he comes out of that, but he seems to be the miles Garrett slash, and Domakong Sue of the League right now. Yeah. Trying trying to injure people instead of trying to outplay them.
1: 36.7% on the year. So fifty oh, is a, actually... a massive increase.
0: And that's probably including this game. So probably it was so it's it probably even, lower. Yeah. So it was <laughs> lower than that before the game. Probably in the low thirties, you know that fifty percent really drives the number up for sure. Yep. Uh but Kenny made a lot of great throws. Now, he wasn't perfect in this game by any means. No. Uh, he, there were multiple times where he he had the ball sail on him a little bit. Or and, that was a, and, and that's 100% a sign of an injury when you're overthrowing, guys. And I felt like he overthrew him more often than underthrew. Um, the one to Allen Robinson in the end zone, that was a little bit low. He skipped it in there. Yeah. But also, like he kind of had to throw that one low.
1: Yep. Otherwise I'm, it
0: would have been an easy interception.
1: The only one that I know for sure that was underthrown that probably could have been a touchdown was the one to Calvin Austin down the middle of the field. Uh, that one was yeah, a little was under-thrown. underthrown. Uh Again, the, the ones that pointed injury to me was the one to Deontay, I think on a third down potentially uh, yeah, where it just sailed huh? on him. Yep. And then the one with George Pickens coming across the middle of the field wide open easily would have gotten 15 plus yards on the catch. Um, yeah, I just don't think he was, and he was even asked about it at, at the end of the game, and you know he, he they were asked how his ribs were feeling. He's like they feel pretty they, and after a win, they feel pretty good, which is basically saying hey they hurt, <laughs> they, but they hurt like <laughs> hell, but it doesn't hurt so bad when we win. Yeah, yeah, uh, I thought that was a hilarious answer for that question. But um, you, you got to be hopeful, and I see I saw some people post on Facebook, and I'm not going to name names, but there's people who. Our Steelers fans that are like, oh, Kenny's only good for being an inaccurate and non-consistent, inconsistent quarterback. And I'm like, no, like go, looking back at this game, he missed a few early, but once he got in a rhythm, once he got more comfortable, he was making better passes as the game went on. And and that's yeah. saying a lot, uh, considering we still went down on that first drive and scored a touchdown, you know, sure. Yeah you'd like to see more touchdowns in between the first and last drive of the game, because those are when we got the two touchdowns, <laughs> but I, I got to see, in my opinion, uh, him progress and naturally get better throughout the game. Again, I, I, I was keeping track. I think they threw six screenplays, probably the most productive they've had out of those screenplays in a long time, yeah. which again mm-hmm. is where that, you know, he only threw for 160 yards. That's where that comes from, uh, is the fact that they're not, throwing the ball downfield and a part of that could have been, you know, planned due to the injury. We don't want you taking all these shots this game. Uh and so whatever the reason was, it worked. The only thing that I'm going to say about the offense before we kind of break down statistics a little bit more as far as for players and talking about going through the the p- positions like we normally do is um on that last drive before uh, around the 2-minute warning, I would have I and James me and I both talked about this before the game. I understand why you just want to make them use their timeouts and then see what happens. But I'm tired of watching Pittsburgh be okay with letting their defense defend their their victory, like fight for their victory. Go out and earn it on offense for once. Actually like you get a first down in that position, that game is over. You don't have to punt the ball back to them. You don't have to give them the ball back. Mm-hmm. And it was just three straight runs. Uh, The first one was, I think, a loss of two or three yards. The second one was maybe a gain of one or two. And then the last one, I think, was pretty much stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Um, Again, I just want to see us do more. Or, or, heaven forbid, we just have a big enough lead at the end of the game. We don't have to worry about it. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. Now, a couple weeks ago against the Rams, they were able to close it out. They were able to actually kneel on the ball at the end of the game. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But I think you're right. I think that's the only time they've done it all season. So uh, definitely something that they need to fine tune, either get a little bit bigger lead or uh, sustain that final drive, maybe get a little bit more aggressive with the play calling so that you can get that first down and end the game that way. Um, But yeah, I felt like uh, when you're looking at Kenny's numbers from the game, 19 of 31, 160 yards Uh, Most importantly, one touchdown, no interception, no fumbles. Uh, That's where you make your money. That's where you win or lose right now. It's not an explosive 400-yard offense yet. They're getting closer, man. No. They're getting closer. But uh, in the meanwhile, you can't have a ton of mistakes, um, as one of your keys was and oftentimes is. When that turnover battle, you got a chance, right? Yep. Uh, So that – That was huge. Kenny gets one touchdown, zero interceptions. He's up to six touchdowns, four picks on the year. The balance is getting better in the right direction. Uh, And Green Bay is not the most incredible team in the world. So I think he could get that going even further in the right direction this upcoming week. But uh, overall, I like the performance from Kenny and I think that he'll get better as he heals up with these ribs too.
1: Yeah. Um, And you, you talk about those third downs, um, that conversion rate was huge. And again, it was exciting for me to see Pittsburgh, and this is a stat I, I told you about at the beginning of the game, on third and long seven-plus yards, uh, we threw the ball three times, ran it once. The one run was that last drive of the game where we had to punt it back to them. But seeing the fact that we were in that situation four times, threw it on three of them, is showing me that we're going out there, we're trying to get the first down. We're not doing that, you know, hey, let's just try to fight for field position or let's just get it yeah. in a, get a little bit closer for a field goal. We were trying. We didn't hit on any of them, which was unfortunate. They were all three incomplete passes. Uh, But the fact that we're trying is improvement in my eyes. Uh, So that was exciting. And in all honesty, I think what's going to fire up Matt Canada and that offense even more, specifically for Matt Canada with play calling, is he's going to see his players' frustration now. He's going to experience it in person. And he's going to be like, man, like they're hyped. Like, let's use this energy. On the side, like up in the booth, you can't experience that atmosphere the same. So I'm hopeful that that will have an impact on the play calling moving forward. But let's not go too far into that stuff. Let's talk about this. We did talk about Kenny Pickett. um, Had himself a great game. Again, 19 of 30 for 160 yards. One touchdown, like you said, no interceptions. That's great. That's great. Take care of the ball. That's how you win games. Um, We already talked about his ribs and everything. I feel like he's still improving. Jalen Warren, we talked about the rushing game. Najee Harris was running angry, even though he only... I mean, I shouldn't even say only. I think he was averaging, what, 3.3 yards a carry or 3.2 before the game? Averaged 4.3 in this game, so that's fantastic. I, have no- I thought
0: they were both at 3.9 recently, uh, but last week's game with that 1.67 average, I'm sure, it did bring it down some.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so I don't know what it was after last week's game. But, yeah, Jalen 11 carries 88 yards. Am I reading that right? Yeah, 88, 88. yards. Yep. And then Najee was 16 carries for uh, 69 yards. Nice. Uh, and Kavanaugh, <laughs> the third two carries for 10 yards. Uh, so, uh, overall, just a very productive running game. You know, a lot of good run plays. Um, both running backs ran very hard. They ran very angry. Jalen Warren refused to give up on plays, man. Uh, and just... He's working himself into more and more playing time by playing this way. Yep. Uh, And Najee's playing well too. So it's not like you're going to just take Najee off the field. I think what this is going to eventually turn to is Pittsburgh, instead of messing around with a bunch of like tight ends that really are borderline rosterable at this point, I mean, uh, borderline rosterable, that's being mean, I guess, Uh, but they're not giving you a lot of productivity out of these guys maybe you just need to go three wide receivers and two running backs and not even have a tight end on the field.
1: I don't know. Darnell Washington was targeted once in this game, caught the ball and got a first down. If you were watching our live tweets of the game, you got to see that. Uh, What do we, what what do you say, James all the time? Give Darnell the ball and he'll get you a first down.
0: (laughs) Yes. And it's automatic. He'll run some people over. And if you need seven, he'll get you eight. Like it, he's, get into it to the first He's gonna is.
1: fall for five yards.
0: Like yes, he's a yes. Big, he's a big dude. He's six foot seven with like a thirty six inch wing span. Like or thirty six inch long arms. Like that's yeah. That's like ten feet just reaching it's the ball like, out. It's like Michael Jordan from
1: <laughs> Space Jam. Remember? <laughs> yeah,
0: wherever he is, if he falls forward and puts the the ball forward, it's three yards right there. So like yeah, you just got to get him the ball. He's a very powerful individual. I was happy to see him finally get a ball thrown his way, but until Pat Fryer is healthy, healthy, I think they need to do it more. All right. Uh, again, and, and I don't it, think Connor Hayward is bad by any means. And
1: he could, uh, but you got to stop. He, he could have stopped gotten, with. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. He could have gotten more yeah. yards on that play. The, the ball was thrown behind him. He had to kind yeah. of turn and and resituate himself. If that would have been thrown out in front of him, he would have got probably thirteen yards or more. Um, Before we, we're we're getting onto the passing game now, uh, but before we go too far, Jalen Warren and Najee both had 20-plus yard rushes, which was fantastic. Uh, Just super proud of the way our offensive line came together. Um, I think there was only one penalty for false start on us. I think we might have had maybe one hold. I remember the James Daniels false start because he he was pulling and tried to get out in front of a block, but I don't think there was...
0: And that was on a gadget play, too. Yep. Kenny had lined up as a wide receiver. Uh, it looked like we were seeing some of that uh, that college wildcat offense on that play, going mm-hmm. for a first down on fourth. And I think they ended up button because of it. No,
1: that was on the goal line. We, we Oh, was wa- that on the goal line? Yeah, we, that was the, the Deontay touchdown. Uh, because I think the play after that, there was a penalty that happened. Uh, the, yeah, the holding lies. in the end zone yeah. or whatever it was. But anyways... Mm-hmm. Um, proud of the run game quite frankly 166 Mm -hmm. yards that blew that you know your your goal two weeks ago wasn't it It was 120 yeah two games ago not two weeks it would have been the bye week um yeah but, but deontay johnson in this game the only receiver or the only person who caught a ball for and put up more than 30 yards which is just crazy to me
0: and to be realistic too like George Pickens was about two inches away from being in that category himself because he had a sideline grab that was a deep ball uh, that would have easily gained a crap load of yards. He just was unable to get that second foot down in bounds, which is crazy to me because he was so good at it previously, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's getting you know an inch or two yep. out of bounds instead of in. I feel like he could have dragged his toe on that one, but he didn't want to face plant. Yep. That was the one in the end zone, wasn't it? I think it was in the end zone, yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's easy for me to say, but, like, in that situation, you just got to drag the toe and accept the fact that you're going to go face first into the ground but get the touchdown. Yep.
1: Yeah, just how it's going to go. So, seven catches for him for 90 yards, a 12.9 average, and the one touchdown. This is his first touchdown since, what, 2021? 2021,
0: yeah. It was 670 days or something. Wild. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he was happy. That's all that matters. I, yeah, I hope this is the right st- was. I hope this builds up his confidence a lot. I hope he comes out of this a better player. I think he's kind of developing more like again. We talked about it even last in last week's loss. We talked mm-hmm. about how um excuse me, last week was a win. No. who did we play last week? My brain's fried.
0: No, it was the twenty to ten loss.
1: Twenty to ten. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even in that game, yeah. we talked we talked about how he was slow at the beginning. We saw some drops that opened one down the middle of the field that bounced off his hands. And then he started getting back in rhythm. I'm hoping that this helps him push, get pushed in that right direction. Uh Jalen Warren had three catches for 25 yards. He was the second leading receiver. And then you had Connor Hayward with two catches for 16 yards and Allen Robinson one for 10. Like this this receiving core really didn't do a whole lot outside of Deontay Johnson, but They made it work. I mean, the Allen Robinson catch was a big third down, or I think that was a third down conversion early in the game, like the first third down we hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Darnell Washington's one catch on a play action, if I'm not mistaken, and then he pretended to block for a minute and then scrambled out to the right, you know, catch first down. Najee Harris had two catches for seven yards. Another one that he should have caught, unfortunately, bounced out of bounds. Um, I just, I'm... It's odd because I'm happy with the game. Like, I'm happy with the passing game, but these numbers are horrific.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the funny thing. <laughs> it two successful drives of passing in the rest of the game, the passing game really kind of sucked. Yep. Uh, but it was lots of reasons for that. Uh, so, um, overall, I think we should be happy with this. Uh, one of these weeks, George is going to start clicking again. And when he does, it's going to be really bad for that team. Yep. Uh, but I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what Green Bay secondary is like. We're going to dive into that before we get to our next show next Friday. Uh, No reason to get into that right now or anything. Uh, But hopefully there's some weaknesses going on there and George can start getting more targets. Uh, Let's switch over to the D actually let's go offensive line a little bit. Um, Big surprise in this game, Broderick Jones got to start at right tackle. Yep. Uh, and there was rumor that it was because of an injury to Chacoma for, And then Chacoma Corafor came in as the sixth man on the offensive line later on in the game. Yep. Uh, so this was a straight benching. Uh, they felt that Broderick Jones was a better option at right tackle than Chacoma for, As far as the run blocking capabilities, I 100% agree. And I also thought that Broderick Jones did well in his pass blocking, too. Uh, so man, he might be the best offensive lineman we've got on the team right now. And he's also the best offensive lineman at two different positions. It looks like, uh, so you might finally have your cornerstone piece on this offensive line that you can start building around. No, whether his final home is going to be at right tackle or left, who knows, uh, but I liked what I saw out of him and man, was he opening some lanes and chasing linebackers and safeties on the second level, just really making a big positive impact in this game.
1: Yeah. Was, was very excited to see that. I, I don't know. I think that the offensive line going back to that, um, I, I thought this was the best we've seen them block on screenplays. Like yes, drastically. Get mm-hmm. Like, not giving it away too early, but getting out, still giving yourself enough time to get out and get in front of blockers. There was only one play that we had a legal man downfield, uh, but that was because it was kind of a botched play. We couldn't get the ball out as fast as we wanted to, or the guy wasn't open. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, out. and that
0: was Broderick Jones, too. So he's still <laughs> learning that kind of stuff. You can do that in college. You can't do that in the pros.
1: Yeah. Um, so, again, just overall, and you're going mean, to hear it when I get to the defensive side of the ball as well. Overall, very good game. And they did enough to win, which is the the important part. Um, Defensive side of the ball, the O line or the D, excuse me, the D line felt an immediate presence from Cam Hayward. um, Absolutely. As well as Keanu Benton. (laughs) You're wearing the Cam Hayward jersey. There you go. (laughs) Keanu Benton, on the very first play of the game, was in the backfield getting a tackle on Derrick Henry. Um, It was an assisted tackle, but I, I don't care. He was in the backfield on the run play. The run plays are the games where those offensive linemen want to push you out or away from the run play, whether it's towards the out of bounds or keeping you inside or pushing you just down the field. And the fact that Keanu Benta was able to beat his guy and get in the backfield and be involved. I mean, it's just huge. DeMarvin Leal, I thought had a decent game. Um, Isaiah Loudermilk even got involved and none of these guys looked like they were, you know, the low man on the totem pole. Like they all held their own. No one got extremely burnt or destroy, destroyed on any play that I saw. Most of them were standing up their offensive linemen on run plays or beating them. Uh, and that's all you really can ask for is if, hey, just don't get pushed back into the the second level. Like, allow those guys to have lanes to come through to make contact, to make hits. If you can beat your guy, that's that's better. But it was nice to see our defensive line not get completely torched in the run game. Um I mean they they yeah,
0: they only had 105 like rushing
1: disruptive. Yeah. They only had 105 with Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty disruptive group, I thought. Uh they're not they didn't as far as tackles and sacks and all that, but they did get involved, right? Yeah, they got a lot of tackles, uh, and they kept it from really getting out of control. Uh so I thought that that was a nice performance by them. I still want to see the next level on this. I still want to see these defensive interior guys start getting some sacks on the quarterback a little more frequently. Uh, I look to see the Steelers expand on that uh, with Cam Hayward back in the fold. He wasn't able to go as many plays as he would normally go. Uh, So you'll see that in the future, I do believe. Now, the outside linebacker crew here, Cody, man, they put in a nice performance. I understand this is the fourth time this season Alex Highsmith has had seven or more pressures on the quarterback in a single game already this year, and that is tied for first in the NFL uh, with only um, the Dallas Cowboys pass rusher. Parsons? Yeah, Micah Parsons. He's the only other one with that many in in one individual game that many times occurring throughout the season.
1: Dang. Dang right? We'll take that. Alex, Alex Highsmith <laughs> having two sacks this game, TJ Watt having one with his helmet, helmet ripped off, uh, off almost identical to a play that his brother JJ had as well, which was really cool to see. I got to see a side-by-side of the two where they both had illegal hands to the face, helmet ripped off, and then they both still got the sack. Um, I don't know if you had seen that yet or not, but that was no, really, really, not, no. really, really cool. I'll find that and send it to you. Uh, maybe post it to our social media afterwards. If I can find an accurate link uh, but very cool to see that. And then also Marcus Golden getting involved, the veteran, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. getting a sack. So that was huge. Um, they talk, And I'm happy they talked about it because it, when I was watching the game, I was like, you know, they're going to talk about TJ. They're going to talk about all the stuff that he'd done. Uh, but Alex Highsmith had a phenomenal year last year without him, is is still having a fairly decent year this year. And they did. They mentioned, you know, this is arguably the best pass rushing duo in the NFL, if it isn't already, I mean, Highsmith has four and a half sacks on the year, I believe yeah. that TJ Watts at nine now, or is he at 10? He's at nine and a half. Yeah. Um, nine and a half. yeah. So j- just a phenomenal showing from our two starting outside linebackers. And the fact that you have someone like Marcus golden, we've also seen um, Nick Herbig get one on the year now. I mean, you got guys that can come in and, and play a role. Very exciting to see, and I hope that we see more moving forward, especially, I mean, T.J. Watt. <laughs> I, I, I laughed. I was going to tell you this from before the show, and I forgot. Um, do we actually think that rookie out uh, right tackle got hurt, or was he just tired of going up against T.J.? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, you can't blame him if that's the case. Because <laughs> what a brutal matchup to be it having to go up against T.J. Watt, you know? Uh, so – Great start to the season with these guys Uh, really needed it. You know, that's one of the keys that I called for Uh, needed to see a a dominant defensive line group getting after the quarterback in this game. Uh, And they did. So they supplied a ton of pressure outside linebackers, specifically getting home and getting those plays. Uh, Marcus Golden gonna mess around and get himself a starting job somewhere outside of Pittsburgh next year, man. He's on three. (laughs) three, three sacks already as a backup. That's not even playing a ton of snaps. Really? Uh, so impressive work from Marcus Golden there. Um, Nick Herbig also got in on a little bit of action. I did see them run some three outside linebacker looks
1: with with a linebacker they, in the middle of the field. It was mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. But TJ can do that. He can rush from anywhere. And Alex be Highsmith did it too.
1: So, Alex Highsmith yeah. was lined up there once. Uh, Pittsburgh yep. again. I think not last year, but the three years prior were leading the NFL in sacks every single year. We've talked about five what ha- years, five years. We've so talked about
0: five years straight.
1: Yeah. We've talked about what happens if they hit 60 they are I don't know if they're on pace for that or not yet. They are fifth currently in the league uh, with 26 sacks as a team. So, it's and, and all the teams in front same. of all the teams in front of them are potential playoff contenders uh, with big defenses. And ironically enough, they're all AFC. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a little concerning, but uh, it's it's good to see that Pittsburgh's still competing for that title as uh, sack champ. Uh, let's go to middle linebacker.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cole Holcomb unfortunately suffered what appears to be a significant injury to his knee or lower leg. Um, if you saw it, he got friendly fire from another Pittsburgh Steeler, unfortunately, while trying to make a tackle. Uh, And looked to be in a lot of pain and the people that were nearby that saw it were like grossed out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's not good. We don't have any official word on what this is yet, uh, but I do fear for his long term on this. I fear that this is quite likely a season ending injury.
1: Yeah. Uh, Best
0: case scenario is that it was like a compound fracture and then maybe he can come back. Uh, But I don't think that's what it is. I think that we might've had like a knee get a really substantial injury to it.
1: Yeah. I believe it was a complete patella dislocation. Um, I suffered that as well in my football high school career. It, it was a lot worse than mine. Uh, the way that his body rolled and James, I know you don't want to go back and watch it, but I, I did a couple times uh, just because yeah. that, that stuff intrigues me a little bit as a, a sports medicine uh, schooling background Um but it looked like he had a dislocation, and then on top of that, the, the benefit that I saw was his his leg was angled improperly and dislocated uh, from it, looked like that knee joint. And then when he kind of, he leaned up just a little bit, and it popped right back. Typically, that is a much better sign than if it doesn't pop right back in. Um, I still don't expect him to be back this year, if I'm being honest. There's there's no way he didn't tear uh, ligaments uh, ACL, MCL,
0: something. At the minimum, meniscus is torn, at the minimum. very minimum.
1: Yeah. yeah, and so it's going to be a, a long road of recovery. But again, Cole Holcomb being the starting middle linebacker, uh, it's very unfortunate to see him come out. But I was happy, for the most part, with what we saw from the backups. With Quan Alexander coming in, uh, you also got to see a, a large portion of Landon Roberts. Mark Robinson got involved in this game. Um, I believe that might have only been special teams. I'm not certain about that. I,
0: I think it was. Yeah, I never saw him actually on the defense, but I'm looking because I feel like he's probably gonna get an opportunity now.
1: Yep. He's uh, gonna have not to not
0: that they're just gonna not that they're just gonna put him out there just because he's the next man up. I think it's gonna be like ninety percent Elandon Roberts and Quan Alexander. Yep. Uh but he's the only other middle linebacker, so
1: you got to put them in there sometime. You got, you got to have a rotation guys need breaks. It's the smart thing yeah. to do. Um, yeah. the only re the only way that I, I would say that wouldn't happen is if you see them make a move, Cole Holcomb will more than likely be on the IR before the week's over. Uh, and then also if they were to sign another middle linebacker to the active roster, then it's like, Oh shoot, Mark Robinson. No. Um, but I hope we get a chance to see him. I mean, he got a sack in preseason. He was doing fairly well. I believe that was in preseason. I might be overthinking that or thinking that incorrectly. um, but I'm excited to see him potentially get some more playing time, unfortunately, due to Cole Holcomb's injury. But we will see what yeah. they announce moving forward. There there may be an update on that today, in all honesty. Uh, we just haven't yeah. gotten to that yet as far as 419 in the afternoon. Um, Elandon
0: Roberts, real quick, I felt like Elandon was taking it very personal and really attacking Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. If you play with that kind of edge and take it personal that someone else is trying to run the ball against you, you got a chance. Uh, And Quan really was moving all over the place in this game. And when the game on the line, uh, he's the one that came up with that game saving interception at the end of the game. Uh, So that's great because that's the thing that we've been asking for is will these middle linebackers start stepping up and making plays against the pass? We're seeing them make some tackles against the run but we want to see some forced fumbles. We want to see some tackles for loss. We want to see some interceptions and tip passes. That was a game-clinching interception. So awesome job by Quan. I'm excited that he's going to be our our starting middle linebacker the rest of the way.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I almost went to secondary without talking about that because is I don't know. I forgot about it for some reason. Um, secondary guys, specifically the cornerback room, Levi Wallace had some gameplay early. I didn't think he played poorly, but I also was just, I, I think, did he have a pass interference call early? If I'm not mistaken, like the first was drive, that? Levi Wallace.
0: I feel like Levi didn't play a lot early in the game. I saw him and early in the game. He started playing a lot more later.
1: Oh, no, you're right. I think I saw him in the second half.
0: Yeah, he played a ton in the second half uh, and actually made some nice plays in the second half. He got a couple of pass breakups, almost had an interception. Yeah, uh, So. Yep. Honestly, I felt like this might have been Levi's best game this season as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, last season, he had some nice games you know, scattered in throughout the season. Yep. Uh, but just this year, he's been victim quite often. Uh, he was able to kind of play to his strength and just kind of pin guys to the sideline and then go make a play on the ball. Yeah. So uh, step in the right direction for Levi, I thought.
1: Mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson had himself a decent game. He had a really nice breakup when he was man-to-man against... Uh... I believe it was DeAndre Hopkins early in the game. Nice pass breakup. That might have led to a punt if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember exactly.
0: It did. Yeah, that was on third down. And real Mm -hmm. quick on that, before the snap on that, um, Joey Porter Jr. was matched up against him, and Peterson pushed him out. He said, no, cover the guy on the outside. Hmm. He must have known there was a tendency for an out pattern to happen on that down in distance because he basically ran the route for him and, and then knocked it down. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of uh, veteran IQ veteran savvy going on there to help him make that
1: play. And we'll take that all day
0: <laughs> uh, Yes, we will.
1: twice on Thursdays. Apparently uh, <laughs> we all uh, Joey Porter jr. Had himself another good game again. He had almost had an interception. Deandre Hopkins did a good job of, changing from a receiver to a defender and breaking up a pass that easily could have been intercepted by Joy Porter. Um, and then on top of that, he was lined up against the best, arguably one of the best wide receivers in the game, DeAndre Hopkins, 26 out of 36 snaps that DeAndre Hopkins ran routes on. Uh, Joy Porter was lined up against him and only allowed one catch for 12 yards. Wild,
0: yeah, fantastic, man. Fantastic, Joey. Really is making some strides. I like what we're seeing in him. Um, and he's really stepping up to the plate. Like you said, he actually went to the coaching staff and said, Let me follow DeAndre Hopkins. Yep, <laughs> that's that's incredible, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. I love to see it. Uh, and then they finally got some playing time for, for Darius Rush, the new cornerback uh, that we just acquired a couple weeks ago. I felt like he kind of looked lost in zone coverage a couple of times where guys are just running right by him. And he's like, nope, I've got to stand right where I am right now. And I don't <laughs> in this place. Yeah. Like, uh, and then when he transitioned to safety later on in the game when they were in dime, yeah, uh, basically he was like the middle midfielder. Uh, he actually broke on a ball and dang near picked it off uh, right before Quan called game. Uh, So I liked what I saw in maybe his instincts are a little bit better as a safety. Maybe he's just one of those dudes. That's really good as a press man corner, but not good in zone. Uh, We're going to find out, you know, we're going to find out. So, um, Hey man, we need a safety. If the kid can play safety, fantastic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it. Uh, Keanu Neal was very involved in the, in the tackle game. He had seven on the game. Uh, didn't see a whole lot outside of that. I think he might have also almost had a pick, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and he had one time where he had uh Henry dead to rights in the backfield and then lost a foot race to him and gave up a first down because of
1: it. I remember uh, that, that one. I, yep,
0: yeah, that I felt was not great. Though. Yeah, that, that was an uh, outside, outside, run that the outside
1: run to left. Outside run to left. I remember that one. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, Shannon Sullivan, I thought played decent, he almost had a sack uh, on a blitz. Unfortunately, couldn't get there in time, but he had himself a decent game. This was one of the few games that I can say that we didn't have a glaring weakness on defense. There was no, oh, this person let up, you know, three touchdowns or, you know, completely botched this coverage. Like, no, the defense played fairly well. Um, And maybe you can credit that to being against a rookie quarterback. Will Levis threw for four touchdowns last week. Um, You can call it a beginner's luck or whatever you want to say it doesn't matter. Pittsburgh came out and and a, and here's the thing that I'm going to say that's probably overlooked uh by some people that maybe aren't as involved with with the NFL as we are. This is this Tennessee Titans team is a very very well-coached team by Mike Rabel. Um he has his team prepared for almost anything and everything. It's just unfortunate they haven't had a very good year so far at 3 and 5. This was not a this was not an easy win game by any means. Um so I just want to clarify that, especially with DeAndre Hopkins um, and Derrick Henry. This this offense can put up points. Will Levis did not have a bad game. Uh, our team just played barely enough to to get the victory. So I was happy with the performance overall from defense and offensive side of the ball. But again, Quan Alexander calling game, the defense making plays when it matters, four sacks on the game, uh, just an all-around, similar to the offense, all-around good game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, is there some fine-tuning that needs done still? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but this defense is just going to keep on evolving as the season goes on. You know, we finally get Cam Hayward back. We lose Cole Holcomb uh, in a few weeks. Hopefully, we'll see Minka Fitzpatrick come back. Uh, hopefully, we don't lose anyone when that happens. But it seems like it's kind of a revolving door with the injuries right now. We can't can't seem to, to get ahead and get more people healthy if <laughs> they are going back out the door injured. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see the only significant injuries from the game seem to be the Cole Holcomb injury. And then also Montrevious Adams with an ankle Uh, that happened early in the game and he did not return. So I would not be surprised if he misses the upcoming game against the Packers, but it's a week and a half. So you never know. He might make it by then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of time to rest and a lot of time to prepare for the Packers game. I'm excited. This is probably the most excited I've been for a game, honestly, because I think that with the addition of Canada on the sideline, the long break, Things are moving in the right direction. There, I think there's a chance that Pittsburgh comes out rejuvenated and really has a chance to to show their offensive power and their defensive toughness. Not that we haven't seen that already, but I'm just excited and I ho- I'm hopeful that something changes here. But again, I've said that in the past, and then we've come out and got blown out by the Houston Texans. So there's that. Uh, <laughs>
0: we'll yeah. yeah, you never happens. know what this team's going to do, man. No, they're like bipolar kind of, you never know. It's a great time, uh, but yeah, don't forget to check us out next week, Wednesday on the pro sports fans app. Uh, if you don't have it, download it, join us 7 PM. Eastern standard time. That's when we go live for an hour field, any and all of your questions, unless you say something really weird then we might not, uh, but all are welcome. So join us on the show. Uh, and then next Friday we'll be doing our pre-game show. Uh, for the upcoming game against the green Bay Packers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Two of the NFL's best franchises is going back to the very beginning of the NFL. So super excited for that. And we'll see what we can do against uh, a team like that. So again, thank you guys so much for watching or listening. Be sure to like, and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube subscribe and ring that bell. It's free. Don't forget those five-star reviews on Apple podcasts. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody signing off. Peace.